0: Welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm your host, Cathy O'Sullivan. I'm the editor for CIO New Zealand, and I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, Angela Henderson, who is the general manager for digital at Kiwi Property. Hello, Ange. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm really well, thanks. Great, great. And it's so fabulous to finally have you on CIO Leadership Live. I've been looking forward to this one, I tell you. Um, But for those of you who don't know Kiwi Property quite well, can you tell us um, a little bit more about your organization and what your team does there?
1: Yeah, so Kiwi Property Group are one of the largest landlords, property landlords in New Zealand. Um, you'll probably know us more for um, Sylvia Park. So we own Sylvia Park and all the development that's going on in and around Sylvia Park in Auckland. Lynn Mall um, out west. Um, We own ASB down at the North Wharf, the Vero building, which I'm sitting in now, um, and a couple of large shopping centres down in the Waikato, the base and centre place, and also the plaza down in Palmerston North. So we've got quite a lot of um, retail and commercial um, uh, properties and we're at the moment building a a new arm to our asset base which is about rental and build to rent so um, people can rent from us um, nice, beautiful, modern apartments in the future. So those are going up down at Sylvia Park. Um, As for my role, um, as you said, I'm the GM of digital here and I look after all things technology. So I look after the core core IT, if you like, so all the networking, cyber security side of things, operations, service desk, all of that, plus data and insights and of course product. So all the products that we are delivering for both our internal and external customers.
0: So it's a big role, and you've obviously had um, a lot of experience in IT and transformation. I know you've worked for some big companies like Air New Zealand and Westpac, just to name a couple. But transformation is a word that's, you know, it's thrown around quite a bit. It's it's a bit of a buzzword. Can you talk us through, you know, your how how transformation has has shaped your career and your experience of transformation?
1: Yeah, so my experience—it's—it's it's really um, not as big and as crazy as it seems. I think you are right when people say, "Oh, you know, big tra- let's do a big digital transformation." I think it's um, from a career use. Yes, I've done this in a lot of places, but I think quite simply, it comes down to really understanding what the business needs. So, what does the business need to change, and how are we making the business? more simple and efficient as we go Um, and to do that you really need to make sure that you've got from experience the right buy-in right right at the beginning Um, if you don't have the board on board and if you don't have your executive on board then it makes it really hard to do that but you've got to really understand the why and where the pain points are Across the business to make it real, because if you think, oh, I'm just going to swap out some core tech and and do that without taking the business and the people on that journey, then I think you're in and for you know some some difficult times. So I think you know from my experience, yeah, transformation is it's tricky, but I think it always
0: starts with the people, and if you don't start with the people, then it makes it hard. So starting with the people and just walking back from that end product of transformation, what are some of the other kind of key steps you think CIOs must take along the way? You know, is there ever something, a starting point or something that will kick off a transformation journey? Yeah, so I think um, for me, it's always getting that, that sign
1: off. So getting the board for me, getting that board across it is, you know, presenting why, what you're doing, making sure they're on board and willing to fund it because obviously without the funding nothing goes nowhere um you need to make sure your executive colleagues are also um singing from that same hymn sheet and understand the why um and and spending time with them and making sure that they each understand what it is what what they get out of it and what their team gets out of it because I think as as you sort of go down levels in organisation, people always ask, so what does it mean for me? And you've got to be able to explain that before you start anything, before you start changing anything, you've got to be able to explain why we're doing. Um, So once you've got that agreement and sign off, um, it's about building a team that can help deliver it and making sure you've got the right capability. I can't emphasise enough that making sure you go out and get the right people who have this experience, especially in the leadership roles that you need under you, is very important. Um, People that have done this before, extremely important. And that's not just from a technology perspective, that's from a change capability, making sure that we're taking the people with us, spotting where people are getting a bit wobbly along the way, because people always get a little bit wobbly along the way, and making sure that we have the business looked after in the right way. So it's not, you know, transformation is not a technology thing. It's it's right across the business and you've got to really think of it that way. Otherwise you won't get people using those tools, using the things that you're trying to deliver.
0: So you mentioned there, you know, it is tricky. Transformation is a challenging, it can be a challenging time for for people and for an organization. You mentioned resources, you know, making sure you have enough um, money in there for what you want to do. Are there any other kind of common roadblocks, be it, you know, legacy systems or culture? What are some of the kind of common roadblocks you think CIOs must either be aware of and have a plan for or try and avoid along the way?
1: Yeah, I think culture is is definitely um one of those. I think you you need to be working with the people team to look at how you're transform, transforming the culture as well. Um, you know, it's it's so important that you do that. Because as everyone knows, culture is strategy for breakfast. So if you don't have the that right mindset that um above-the-line mindset with people, then you get this whole change resistance. And, and people don't necessarily always like change. People like doing things that they've always done all the time because it's comfortable. Um, but you need to be able to show them a new comfort. So taking on and, and working with those people directly who are struggling to understand is really important. So people people are always the probably the biggest challenge, I would say. Um, technology is technology. Yes, we have le- legacy technology. Um, I think it's really important to ensure that you're, if you're moving from one system to another, that you are communicating with the people that you're moving away from really well, um, and making sure they're kind of on board and understand why you've chosen to do what you've done, um, rather than just sort of cutting them off and, you know, and, and going somewhere else. I think it's important, especially in New Zealand, because. New Zealand is so small. Auckland is tiny uh, compared to, you know, international countries and cities. So you really do need to make sure that you do things right and do things well and respect other, other companies and other vendors that you might be working with. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just a simple trust relationship. And I think it, it's all about relationships. You, you need to be able to build them um,
0: and keep them. Absolutely, it's so essential. And um, so, just picking up on that theme of you know change resistance or even change fatigue. Do you view transformation as an evolution? You know, it's just something that's going to be on, an ongoing development within any business, or do you like to see transformation as a project with milestones and deadlines and celebrating the wins? I mean, where wh- where do you stand on that spectrum of? the evolution versus project Yeah.
1: Approach. So so I I actually think there's a time for it because then people kind of think, God, how long is this thing going to take? Um so the way that I've looked at um the way we're transforming in Kiwi property is we've got some really big core cool programs of work that sit in there. And to my mind, you know, and they will take three to four years to deliver. Um but, to my mind, that's really the transformative bit, the you know the people processes and tools, and getting all of that in. I think um, the next stage on from that is continuous improvement. Um and that's where product management comes in, is making sure that you're keeping the products current and delivering what you need to do to to enable that transformation to be and create more value as it goes down the line. So I think, yes, for me, in my head, I kind of, the way my brain works, I like to partition things and go, yeah, okay, this is the trans- uh, transformative work. And then then we create our product roadmaps to deliver anything more than that. Because what can happen is everyone goes, oh, we're doing a transformation. Look, we want to do that and that and that and that. And then it becomes a real monster. I think you've got to control scope and you've got to be super clear about what you're delivering. Um, otherwise, I think you know you'll probably start getting questions from the board and the exec going, "Haven't you done this stuff yet? You know, you, you just gotta, you've got to put some time boundaries around it." So I think you know there's a there's an evolution from transformation into continuous improvement, and that's how it
0: sort of rolls. Yeah. So you, you mentioned earlier, you know, when you are kicking off a transformation journey, the importance of getting people on board and particularly the exec and um, your own uh, organization's board. So can you tell us, you know, as GM for digital, how you do that? How do you collaborate and influence the organization and its leadership team?
1: So I've been I'm really lucky to be part of a amazing exec team here. Um and you know we we have every every day, so we have half an hour standup every day, and we talk about what's going on in our space and and things. And I've been able to leverage that 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 environment and take some of that space to sort of communicate what's going on and how things are going. Um, obviously, have done presentations to the, both the board, numerous presentations to the board and to the exec, just to help them understand what we, where we're trying to go and what does this mean. I think. Um, and I've also used some quite visual, um, like I've done little videos, visual videos and things like that that help make it click, if, if that helps, um, so that people go, oh, because when I talk about an app, a shopper app down at Sylvia Park that does this, this and this, um, some of them go, oh, and just talking IT gobbledygook again. And if I can put that into a video and help them understand, then they go, oh, yeah, I get that. I get exactly what she's trying to do. So it's about breaking down those language barriers as well um, and speaking the way I call it, Janet and John language, just making IT speak very simple and really easy for people to grasp and understand. If you can do that, then you've got this shared understanding and knowledge. Um, And then it also helps for them talking to their teams as well. But the other thing me and my team have done is we've spent time with each of them and their teams, taking them through what we're doing, when we're doing it, how we're doing it. Um, And and also we've had many of their team members involved actually in the project and the selection of certain tools that we're using going forward. So we've tried to get everybody involved. So then you get everybody on that bus and no one's left guessing,
0: oh, what are those guys doing again? They
1: know. Fine. Fine. Yeah.
0: That's a great approach. I, I love the idea of of videos and, and actually showing people. It's yeah. um yeah, a great approach. So, um and the the pandemic has really brought technology into sharp focus for a lot of businesses and organizations across New Zealand. How do you think the role of CIO has changed since the pandemic? Um it's, it's an interesting
1: one here at KP, you know, we were really set up for flexibility, working at home, our business continuity management plans all kind of just clicked into place and everything works so, and, and very easily. Um, so I think that's that was good from a Kiwi perspective, but I think, yeah, people are more cognizant of what technology can do. It's making sure, I think I, I'm always making sure that people have the right kit at home to be able to do their work, um, having you know the most most you know up to date laptops and screens and whatever, I make sure that the team is putting that that out there for our team wider team members, just so that they can work their very best at home. Um, this you know I sort of feel if you give people substandard tools and and, and whatnot, you're not going to get the best from them. Um, so yeah, it's just always been important to do that and just really cognizant that the systems we have in place, you know we have to have high availability, they need to be consistent, they need to be there um, and people need to be able to you know when people are using them they can they can go ahead and do that. So it's just being more aware of the needs of the business and how the business like to operate and work. But like I said, you know at Kiwi we're pretty well equipped here and um, how we worked through the pandemic the other the other um, angle is obviously just making sure that you're very open and flexible to the working at home practices that are certainly embedded in Um, we're very flexible here anyway so you know most people will be working at home one or two days a week so it's actually not feeling that different but you know, I think, I think it's just, you know, mindset, you know, people, um, and, and from a CIO perspective, you've got to have a positive mindset towards that and just be prepared that people won't be there when you maybe think they should be, you know? So, um, just picking
0: up on that, just picking up on that, that, that positive mindset, are there any other kind of key attributes you think are essential now for a successful modern day CIO when it comes to leadership? Uh, I, I think that you you need to be a people leader
1: um, rather than just a leader. You need to understand people. You know, your EQ needs to be, you know, your radar about how people are feeling, picking up on little cues where you sort of think, oh, that was a bit weird that they said that or that's sort of a little bit out of character. You've got to be able to pick up on that and have a conversation about it because people might, you know, over the screen, people can – put on that mask of everything's great um and especially you know we've seen a lot of mental health issues through pandemic not so much at kiwi but it is a thing and we need need to make sure we're taking good care of people and giving them the help that they need i think it's that that social awareness that is super important um which is probably more than sort of that traditional CIO um, mentality has been in, in previous years. So I think actually the pandemic's probably done a good thing, you know, because we ca- become closer to our people, even though they might be on the screen, you know, you, you, can, you can still help them and, and support them probably better than you did before, I would say.
0: So how do you create that internal culture then that, you know, makes people feel connected and, you know, inspires them and, and makes them feel like, you know, they are on a path to success in their roles. Yeah.
1: So we, we um, you know, as we set out our goals for the year, we make sure that everyone understands those and, and we spend time as a, a team every week, um, just making sure that we're supporting each other, how, how how do we achieve our goal if, you know, if you're, someone's struggling, how do we wrap our arms around them? I'm really lucky. I've got an amazing team here. We're really close. We check in on our team culture every quarter and we do a, like a little digital mini survey to see where we're at and then we sort of pick it apart if we're unhappy and, and work out what we need to do better or differently. Um, we have fun, so we, we kind of do little... Um, fun team days and evenings um just to catch up and just be silly with each other um and and I kind of operate in a really flat structure as well I don't deal in hierarchy very well it's it's not the way I operate so you know I just bring everybody in and I communicate openly with everybody um and so everyone's got the same messaging. So it, it, I think where it becomes hard in teams, if some people know something and other people don't, and then the culture starts getting all funny. I just try and communicate openly and widely and also across the business. You know, it, I want to make sure that our culture entwines with the rest of it. And if we can positively influence the rest of the business, then that's a great outcome.
0: So um, yeah, it's all about spending time. Now, and you're one of um, you know a, a few women CIOs or, or GMs for digital um, that I've had the pleasure of, of chatting to. Um, but I'm really curious on your views about you know getting more women into senior leadership roles in IT. You know, what kind of practical things do you think can be done? To well get people from a diverse range of backgrounds into IT in the first place, but in particular that uh, women in senior um, IT roles. How do you think we can um, get people into them? I think you need this. I mean, this this topic is
1: massive, um, <laughs> and I've just got so many views on it. I just firstly, I think it starts you know from school. I don't think schools are offering enough. Um, technology, exciting technology classes that girls want to be part of um, and therefore and, and, and it's typically seen as a boys thing and girls kind of shy away from that. So I think that this, this problem starts very early. But in terms of senior, getting more senior women I, I, I think, I mean I pretty much know the handful of senior women in IT um, here in Auckland and I can pretty much guarantee you that none of them have studied IT. But they're amazing at what they do. So I think you've got to be open to looking at people that, from right across your business, who are delivering projects, who, um, you know, I've got an amazing girl, I shouldn't call her girl, lady, that was in the people team that I've moved across into um into my area and she's knocking it out of the park like she's doing amazingly well so I think you need to look wider than just the IT pool and go okay well where can we give another person some opportunity to shine and there are amazingly smart people in all businesses I think it's just looking wider taking the blinkers off and going oh okay that person could be really great in here and and be willing to spend time and mentor them and, and coach them. And I'll tell you what, you'll get massive benefit from it. It um yeah, really pays
0: pays off. Right. And so when you reflect back on your own career. And this, you know, sometimes it can be a bit uncomfortable to think about, you know, mistakes that we've made along the way. But is there anything that stands out when you reflect on it really helped you and shaped you as a leader? I wouldn't necessarily
1: call out mistakes, but the key learnings, I think, Um, particularly for me as a young woman in technology, I think, you know, we talk about masks and i and, and I certainly had them, um, especially when I was in the UK, you know, working in really large technology teams and you felt like you had to behave like this and, you know, be this and, you know, um, and you really sort of lost you lose yourself. I think it's really important that you keep being true to yourself and being the real you because that's what people really like and connect with um, and that's what gains the trust and belief so if you want to go and you want people to follow you and you want to transform this, you need to be really, you know, you need to be yourself so people trust in what you're trying to achieve. So I think um, that's, that's the big one, actually. Um, and, you know, I've been very fortunate to work with some amazing leaders who enabled that um, for me, and so as as leader, you know, leader now, I've got to make sure that people can bring their whole selves to work every day, and deliver, you know, and and you get more, you get more for, for, from those people if you if you do that.
0: So, Absolutely, yeah. So, um, for someone who was aspiring to be, you know, a CIO or a CDO or CTO, who really, you know, wanted that top job, what advice would you give them?
1: The best piece of advice I always had from a chap called Tony Spilsbury, who, who's you know real mentor for me in the UK, he always said to me, "Ang, kill people with kindness, because if you if you are kind, you know and savvy and smart, but you do things in the right way, you'll bring people with you every time." So. Um, that's, that's something that I've always gone back to As that. And just, just you know, just make sure you're doing the right thing because you're more likely to get what you want and what you need rather than
0: treating people badly. Um, it's important. Absolutely. Great advice. And so we're heading into, you know, um, tur- a turbulent year possibly ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some clouds of, of recession and, there may be a change of government, or certainly there certainly will be a change in, in government policy. What what are some of the kind of top of mind things for you? What's important to you in the months ahead?
1: Oh, look, I'm d- buried thick in the transformation part <laughs> at the moment. We're putting in a new ERP system at Kiwi at the moment. And um, we're in the thick of finishing the design and looking at how we do our first conversions for data migration, which you know, it's quite big. Um, and, and you know, this 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 particular project is super important to our business as we go forward. So we keep, you know, charging forward with that, even in these rocky times. Um, so so we're putting some from an environmental perspective, we're putting all our effort into getting that thing done. Um we have had to peel back on some of the other things that we have in our plan, um, it's not meaning to say it won't be done, but we've just pushed that out a little bit further into outer years because because we're just making sure that um, as a business we are really stable and, and can come out of a downturn in, in the right way. Um, so, yeah, we're just really keeping our focus. So, yeah, I'm buried in making sure we get through these conversions and our data migration works, but also making sure the team is happy they're all working together and we're communicating and working with the right wider business so that's well that's that's not a that's pretty much it but it's a big thing
0: big massive massive year ahead well Angela Henderson we wish you all the best with it thank you so much for your time today pleasure